I always knew I wanted to be an attorney. I just like helping people. Are you okay? Do you need any help? Thanks, Christopher. I've been in Vegas helping the little guy since I was a little guy. Are we any good at helping you win? No, we're great. Call us now for help with your injury case. Stand out from the noise. Podcasting is one of the great wonders to start creating content for your brand. At Sticky Paw Studios, you have a professional studio with audio and video podcasting capabilities to hit every angle of your market. We have in-house editors who are ready to create micro pieces of content from your podcast to post on social media as well. You come in, sit down, and we handle the tech. It's that simple. Visit our website or DM us on Instagram at Sticky Paw Studios. See you soon. <clears throat> that was weird. It happens all the time. Hey, this is David Kohlmeyer. Thanks so much for joining The Problem Solver every single Tuesday at 6 p.m. Thanks for joining us where we're trying to solve problems every single week in the community, bringing experts on the show and talking about how we can solve some problems. Uh, as usual, my co-host, Danny Miner. Thank you, Dave. And then we have Beja Rivera. Thank you, Dave. And today we have an awesome guest, Leon Szymanski, who's an attorney in town. Thank you, Leon, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. So we always bring on amazing people to talk about different topics, especially what's relative during the week. A lot of things are going on this week in general. Um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself because you have definitely an unusual background and I would say you're, you're pretty much a celebrity as well uh, from your background. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I don't know about celebrity, but thank you very much. <laughs> Sitting here, you can't really tell that I'm six foot eight, um, but I originally moved to Las Vegas uh, 38 years ago. Came here as a student athlete, uh, played basketball at UNLV for Hall of Fame coach Jerry Tarkanian and the Render Rebels. So I played from 1984 to 1987. Those were pretty magical years for UNLV basketball. Uh, we were 97 and 11. Uh, my senior year, we went to the Final Four for the second time in the school's history. And unfortunately, we lost to uh, the Indiana Hoosiers who wound up winning the entire 
national championship uh, in 1987. Uh, but then I had the opportunity to uh, go overseas and, and experience that, uh, playing basketball. Came back to Las Vegas, uh, worked in the hotel casino industry for 10 years. Uh, got my master's degree in public administration from UNLV while I was working in the hotel casino industry and was able to be in the very first class of the William S. Boyd School of Law in uh, 1998. Uh, so very proud to be in that first class and very proud uh, running rebel, very proud of UNLV and, and I'm proud of my accomplishments. Attorney, I just got a question. Uh, UNLV basketball. This town loved UNLV Rebels in that day. So you played for Tarkanian. Could you tell us a little bit about his personality? I'm sure TV wants to know. Um, I was so fortunate to come to play for Coach Tarkanian. Right. Uh, he was uh, absolutely well-revered. Uh, his record spoke for itself. Uh, he basically put the UNLV on the map when it comes to the, the university at the time. And to play for him was an honor. To play for the team was an honor, and it was the hardest thing I've had to do. It was every day was working harder than the next day. He demanded perfection from his players, and uh, were very superstitious. Did not like to lose, and uh, it was a great learning experience for me. I owe Coach Tarkanian and the Tarkanian family uh, a lot for how they've uh, the opportunities they've given me and and the stepping stones that they've uh, set for me to, to move on to my career. I, I read your background. Your team actually, I guess it was your last year, you went to the Final Four. I mean, that's every kid's dream that plays basketball, college basketball, right? Go to the Final Four. What was that feeling when you're like finally there, you're in the Final Four of basketball? It, it was amazing. Uh, in order to get there, we, we were in the Elite Eight, okay. which was we played uh, University of Iowa in Seattle, in the old kingdom, which is now demolished. Right. And we were down 19 points at halftime. Yeah. And we had only lost one game before that. And that was to Oklahoma in Oklahoma okay. by one point. And so we're down 19 points at halftime. And we came back and Coach Tarkanian basically said at halftime and the seniors, we had six seniors on that team. Okay. Um, we need to go back to what we, were, what we were normally doing. We changed to go into that game. And he's like, let's just go back to playing hard-nosed defense, play like the running Rebels. We came back and won that game. And that's what got us to the Final Four, which was in the Superdome in New Orleans. And to play in front of 65,000 people live, you jump a little higher. Let me just put it that way. Did you, did you cut the nets down? Uh, well, no, because we oh, didn't win. Oh, that's right. You just didn't win. That's yeah. right. You only cut it if you get one. But yeah. listen, they went on to win a championship then after you left, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we kind of set the table for those right. uh, recruits coming in. Uh, Larry Johnson, Greg Anthony, you know, Anderson Hunt, who was the most outstanding player of the national championship game in 1990 when they won it all. I could tell you this. I'm from Pennsylvania. I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. They were my favorite basketball team, UNLV. I stuck for you guys constantly, constantly. Loved them. You, you lit up the United States. That's how great this basketball team was. City of Las Vegas embraced us. Yep. It was wonderful. When, uh, even though we lost in the Final Four, they had a uh, parade down the Strip right. with thousands of people. And so it was amazing to be a part of that. It wound up in the Thomas and Mac Arena with 10,000 rabid fans just to say thank you right. for, for working hard and representing the city and representing the university. Awesome. That's I'd a great experience. I'd love to watch all the videos and the photos. Yeah. Okay. So what makes you, I'm not like a big basketball fan, but what, what made it such the experience? Was the coach? Was it just winning? What was the major reason why? Like, What was the, such of the high for the community? I mean, it was a combination. This is a pretty small community. And back then, there was only 9,000 students at UNLV, where now there's 35,000. Uh, the population was a lot smaller. There was no professional sports at all in the city at the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, to get a ticket to a UNLV run and rebel basketball game in the mid-1980s was nearly impossible. We really? sold out 18,500 people in Thomas Mack every game. What made you wind up turning into an attorney? 
What, what was the twist? Well, I was actually fortunate. Uh, I was at a UNLV basketball game and ran into uh, a gentleman named Craig P. Kenny. And he had, uh, I'd known him from um, working in the hotel casino industry. Uh, he worked in the legal industry and he said he just started his own law firm. And he's the one who really um, thought I'd make a great attorney uh, based on my educational background, based on uh, what he saw in me and really convinced me to apply to be in the very first class, the charter class of the UNLV William S. Boyd School of Law. It was the hardest thing, the hardest decision I ever made because I had a three-year-old at the time and uh, I, was, I was well established in the hotel casino industry and this was a total unknown risk, um, but I, I, I was all in. It's amazing, the accomplishments are definitely amazing in general. And you've been an attorney for how long now? Uh, since 2001. Got it. Uh, what is there anything specifically in regards to the practice of law? What are the main things that you work on specifically yourself? Um, I primarily practice in the areas of personal injury and workers' compensation. Okay. Our law firm does those two areas of law plus criminal defense, traffic tickets, and some um, mass tort product defects. And you've been how long with the, with the firm? Uh, November 8th will be my 25th anniversary with the firm. Oh, it's amazing. Make sure you get a gold watch there 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> I got a cake when I retired. Did you get a cake? Uh, no, I don't think I got the cake. They gave me a cake. The cake. <laughs> it supposed to be some donuts, but not the cake. Well, it's awesome to get your background in general. Like I said, I mean, definitely for what you've gone through in general, you've done a lot. You've been an attorney for 25 years. Uh, UNLV, you know, uh, you know, it's an amazing story in general. Like, to me, probably for being in this town, you're more of a celebrity than a lot of people in general uh, for, for, your, for your history. Plus, I can tell from your eyes you emanate in regards to, you know, being a local you know, being part of the team, being an attorney, helping people as well. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your expertise as, you know, accidents, workers' compensation, stuff like that. A lot of people get confused about that topic and need some help with it. So we'll be back uh, for a quick uh, commercial break, and we'll talk about workers' compensation. I always knew I wanted to be an attorney. I just like helping people. Are you okay? Do you need any help? Thanks, Christopher. I've been in Vegas helping the little guys since I was a little guy. Are we any good at helping you win? No, we're great. Call us now for help with your injury case. Hey, it's David Colmeyer. Welcome back to The Problem Solver. We are talking with Leon Szymanski, who's an attorney for 25 years, right? I've uh, been with the law firm almost 25 years. Yes. Okay. And total amount of years as a lawyer? Uh, since 2003, I passed the bar. Got it. Graduated in 2001, uh, but the Nevada bar is pretty difficult to pass, and I didn't pass the first time. Got it. So the goal I want to talk about, because you have a lot of knowledge, of course, of accidents and workers' compensation, but we've never really talked about workers' compensation on the show. And recently, I've had a lot of people that have gotten some you know, injuries working in the hotels, housekeeping, and so on. And I was kind of concerned, even though I've been trying to help them as well, leading them in the right direction. Tell us a little bit, like we call this topic Workers' Compensation 101. Tell us Workers' Compensation. Tell us about it. Tell us your experience. Give us some wisdom. Well, just like you said, we have so many dedicated, hardworking, line-level employees who keep this city running when it comes to the hotels, casinos, all the supporting businesses. And a lot of people don't have any idea as to how the workers' compensation system works until they're actually injured or a loved one is injured. And they don't know what to do, how to do it, what forms to fill out, who to see. And um, that's where a lot of people get in trouble because they might say, I'm injured on the job, but I, f I feel like I might be, um, 
there might be some retribution against me. My employer might be upset with me if I file a claim. Um, I don't know if I should go to the doctor or not or which doctor I should go to. And my advice is if you're hurt, if you're injured on the job, don't wait. Uh, the first thing you can do is report it to your employer and seek medical treatment. Uh, get the necessary forms filled out, which are really simple. But a lot of people may have, um, English might not be their first language. Uh, they may need some assistance. That's where uh, reputable law firms who, who practice in the area of workers' compensation, we offer free consultations. It's a phone call away. Uh, come on in, meet with an attorney. We'll tell you exactly what to do. Um, some injuries are significantly serious where you're taken by ambulance and you, you're in the hospital, you're in the ER. You let them know, just let them know, I was injured on the job. And they'll have the documents there at the medical facility to, for you to fill out that starts everything. You know, it's interesting. Um, at every show, I try to be creative and come up with a way of solving a problem. And, um, you know, even though we filmed before for the podcast and now we're, uh, we're filming today for the TV show, I, I just thought about in general, is there a state law that states that that form, the C4 form, right? C4 competition, is it mandated that it has to be in different languages? Like the people I'm dealing with speak Farsi. That form definitely is not in Farsi. No, you can fill it out in whatever language you speak, and it, it will get interpreted, uh, but it is not. But basic. how do you read the form if I'm like, if I speak Farsi, it's not saying like, where have you been injured in Farsi, right? No. Like, I feel like, like in every language. <laughs> I feel, well, you know, it's funny, in Los Angeles, it's really big when you go to the DMV, you can take the test in Farsi. You can take the test in Chinese and different. I wonder here, has ever been translated in different languages to really help the people in the community? It's right. definitely a democratic thing. <laughs> I think we need to translate that form or, or ask like the local politicians to translate that C4 form. Yeah, most like it should be mandated. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, but right now, there is no uh, state law. There is no mandate. You fill it out to the best of your ability. It then goes to, if, the, if your employer is self-insured, it'll go to the adjuster who's handling your claim to mm -hmm. figure that out. If there's a third-party administrator that is hired to handle your, your company's workers' compensation claims, they will then have to figure that out. Uh, but they're going to work with you. I just, I just feel just like have gonna, a lot of translators like they, on site. I feel like they're just going to get you. Like, you didn't fill out five and six. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like when we were cops in general. You didn't fill it out. You know, you didn't, you know, even when I had a personal injury you know, accident, like, oh, you stated that you had back injury, but you never stated that your, your neck was bothering you. You didn't write it down on the form the first time. I mean, they're trying to like catch you in lying and stuff like that. Meanwhile, you have so much going on. It's a traumatic experience. So I think people are, you know, stressed out. They get into injured, you know, when they're working in one of these hotels and so on. I just think, I definitely think the form, I got I to look into that because we're always trying to make some changes. Like with the DUIs, we're trying to basically have like Uber and Lyft where they have access to like you can get a driver, but it comes with another driver to drive your car home. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm <laughs> so we want to say if you have creative ideas in general. Any, any, or do you have any creative uh, thoughts in regards to that? Like, what do we need to do to help people in Las Vegas in regards to workers' compensation? If you could change anything whatsoever. Uh, really, the, the system is, has been tweaked. It used to be a state system, the state industrial insurance system. And that changed in 1997 to everything's privatized now. And that was a humongous step. Okay. That helped streamline things and make things a lot more beneficial to the injured employees. Uh, the steps are all there. The, the laws are changing um, constantly that really uh, start favoring the injured worker and less, uh, and less the employer. But there's, there's no one magic wand that's gonna fix everything. It takes time, it takes um, fighting in the legislature to tweak these, uh, these workers' compensation laws. And we have great people who go to the legislative session on behalf of the injured workers and on behalf of the uh, personal injury attorneys and workers' comp attorneys every session that constantly fight. And they have, a, you know, I, I pat them on the back because that's not an easy job to do. No, I'm definitely sure. Um, what are your thoughts in regards to a lot of people that message in as well all the time? They say, look, I'm afraid 
to make a, a complaint that they got injured or they tweaked something. They're not. They're afraid of losing their job. They're just fr- afraid of revenge from their employer. What are your thoughts with that? Have you have any stories like that in the past? Well, it's definitely a reality. You know, you, you work hard for the same employer for five, ten years. You have a great relationship with your supervisor. All of a sudden, you get injured, and it's no fault of your own, and that vibe completely changes. There's a weird, um, like, you did something wrong. You're now kind of being um, ostracized, and it's not your fault. Um, I still, you know, advise all those uh, people to, to, unless you're absolutely confident that you're going to lose your job, um, to file that claim. You know, fill out the work you're entitled to under Nevada law. You're entitled to your rights under workers' compensation law to get medical treatment, get compensated, uh, any benefits related to your injuries. Uh, and that's where, you know, again, you may need an attorney to advise you. Most people don't know what their benefits are, what they're entitled to. But there is a, I had a gentleman who came in um, earlier this week. Uh, he's from uh, Ethiopia. He had a very um, prominent job in IT. Uh, he left that country due to a lot of things that are, you know, happening as far as war and, and you know, poverty. And he came to the United States, and now he's a, he's a cab driver. And he got into a, a situation where he was injured on the job. And his employer basically told him, uh, if you file this claim, we're going to fire you. You know, it, it, and I had to advise him, Nevada's a right-to-work state. Unfortunately, they can fire you. You can, you can still have an active and ongoing workers' compensation claim. They can still accept your claim and, and pay for your, your workers' compensation benefits, your medical treatment, et cetera. But unfortunately, unless you have an employment contract or, or you're part of a, a collective bargaining unit, uh, you're at risk. And it's a reality. It's interesting because in California, not that, you know, you probably don't know more of the California laws, but in California, it's really, really big employment law. And that that wouldn't fly, it seems like, in California. Would you agree? Again, I don't know California law, so I can't really comment. It just seems like I, you always see signs in California, like employment law, employment law, like that, that everyone's trying to sue, like, the employer for anything. Like, even if you had, like, a nanny, like, watching your kid, like, they're on the payroll. Like, everything's on the books. Everything's, like, legit. Like, if a nanny got hurt, like, in the house, like, they're filling out a C4 form. You know, it's not like... Uh, uh, definitely different there in general, or they'll they'll sue for like lost you know wages right. or not getting paid the correct hourly wage in there. And the truth is, I mean, I'm kind of laughing about it in general. Where a lot of times over the years, right, you used to pay a nanny maybe like cash or your babysitter. Where if you have a babysitter in California, like they want you that person on the books. Oh wow, um, and just much stricter than I have a family member where they got like a letter in regards to like from a lawyer. Like the, the, there's lost wages and like all this. Like you, you think that she was working at like CVS or something, you know, like a, it was a big corporate situation. Yeah, a lot different in the state of Nevada. The laws, you know, from the 50s and 60s were um, originally they were skewed a lot more towards employers versus employees. Those, the skew is starting to change, but it's taking decades to, to get there. Got it. So when we come back, I know uh, you deal with car accidents all the time. We talked a little bit on the break in regards to car insurance, that people are not paying car insurance and stuff like that. It's causing a major problem when people get injured. So when we come back from a quick break, we're going to talk about that. Injured? Call 602 Hurt. Car accident? Call 602 Hurt. Pacific West Injury Law, a firm that focuses on you. Our firm is dedicated to you and your recovery. No fee until we win. Millions recovered. Here when you need us. Welcome back to The Problem Solver. Uh, today we're here with Leon Szymanski, an attorney that we're talking about workers' compensation, car insurance, accidents, everything that's going on in Las Vegas. Again, I do believe things are getting a little bit more 
a lot more accidents that are taking place in general. Uh, tell me a little bit about like car insurance, what you feel is going on right now. It seems like a lot of people are not paying car insurance. Tell us a little bit what your thoughts are. Sure. When the when the pandemic hit, basically March of 2020, a lot of people uh, hit some tough financial times. And, and for the past two years, um, I've still had some really tough financial times. And in the state of Nevada, we have some of the highest auto insurance premiums in the country. Uh, and if you look at the city of Las Vegas, you kind of understand why. Uh, 24 hours, drinking, rental cars, construction, visual obstructions everywhere. Uh, car thefts are up. Um, so people have had to make some tough decisions. And, you know, do I pay my rent? Do I pay my mortgage? Do I pay my child care? Do I buy groceries or do I pay my expensive car insurance? And a lot of people have made the choice to, I'm going to, I'm going to cancel my car insurance. I'm not going to pay my premium and I'm going to roll the dice. If I get in a car accident, I'll deal with it then. And I tell my clients uh, who have come in and sat across the table from me, they just got in an accident. There's four people, uh, you know, family members in their vehicle. Uh, they got, the police came to the scene. It shows that it's this other driver's fault and they had proof of insurance at the scene. And let's say they had Geico, and we, we contact Geico, and Geico comes back and says, you know, that, that uh, insurer didn't pay their premiums uh, for June 1st, and, and they weren't insured during this accident. And I asked my clients, you know, well, do you have uninsured motorist coverage on your policy? And they look at me kind of sad, or deer in the headlights, like, like, no, you know, we don't have uninsured motorists. That's expensive, and our car really isn't worth that much. And I have to tell them, I go, it's not about the, the vehicle. It's about the occupants inside the vehicle. It's about injuries that are caused. And if you don't have any insurance for the driver that, caught, that caused the accident, and you don't have any uninsured motorist, there's going to be no recovery for the injuries you, you, you sustain. And these are very sad. I've probably had to have that conversation um, close to 20 times in the past year. But these are people who are seriously injured, and they don't have any uninsured motorists. They don't have any medical payment coverage. And um, I have to advise them as to what they really need to look at and contact their agents and get some quotes so I tell them, get the most insurance you can afford because that's going to protect you in the long run. I just think it becomes very complex, even myself, when I deal with insurance. You know, you're asking, what should I have? And the truth is, sometimes the insurance agent is trying to sell specific products. Like, I, I'm not sure with, like, MedPay and other things. Sometimes their commission is different of what they're selling. So I think that's why you need to get with three agents to compare, you know, apples to apples. Because people compare apples and bananas. Because the banana one is where there's no MedPay, there's no underinsured. And then this one has it. And like, wow, this insurance agent saved me 600 bucks every six months, but you're, you don't have certain benefits. So that's why I think it's important to educate yourself. And, you know, we're not taught about this stuff in school. I mean, the truth is, when you're in, like, middle school and high school, there should be a classic insurance 101. Like, right, what insurance you need? Medical insurance, health insurance, car insurance, you know? So I just think the public, and, the, and these words, med pay, underinsured, like, these are big words to the common person, and we just don't even know what that means. What right, mean, you know? Yeah. Dave, I, I think the other thing is, and, and I'll tell you, attorney, when I was a cop, you'd pull somebody over, and you could tell if the registration was good. They'd tell you right over the air, registration's good, license is good to 2024, but they would never be able to tell you if the insurance was good. <laughs> I think we definitely need something there, so when a cop pulls somebody over, he knows right away if the insurance is good. Because we asked for insurance, but that card's going to say, oh, yeah, you're good for six months, but they didn't pay their bill, so now they're not insured. So I think we definitely should have some kind of system. Or have an expired piece of paper in yes. the car, but they are insured. Yes. I notice these days also people take out their phone where we didn't really have the iPhones several years back, yeah. and they'll show like a piece of paper. But meanwhile, you don't know what they're really showing. I mean, we can make anything up. Uh, we can make a little flyer that says, you know, all state <laughs> Print insurance. Print it out yourself. You know, policy number 4863. And, oh, officer, I'm good. I mean, they're not really checking that. You know, like an officer doesn't have time to get on the phone to confirm. And I think it's a big deal. I Listen, to, when I moved to Nevada, I couldn't believe how many people ride without license plates on their car. 
I mean, it's in shock. And everywhere I go, no one has a license plate on their car. I don't know how it, they get away with it. In Vegas, it's carefree driving. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't can, get it. Yeah, and if you're not sure about your insurance, most people don't know what kind of coverage they have unless they're, you know, they're into industry mm-hmm. or, or in, until they get into a car accident. And all of a sudden, it's, then it's too late. Right. Uh, if you don't know, you want advice, you know, call your agent, call me. I'll be happy to review it for free and give you advice. Um, but you just don't, you know, it, it's on you to really do your homework and, and be careful about what you do and be careful about what you have. What's so one of the worst? after shopping around, contact you, yeah. the attorney. What's one, of, it. what's one of the worst stories in regards to, like, someone not having proper insurance and they get into an accident? And you know of well, I had a, a, a young couple. Uh, they had a, a six-month-old baby, and uh, my, my, the, the, the husband was on a motorcycle, and he, a, a car pulled out right in front of him. He had to lay the bike down. He went underneath the car that pulled out in front of him and suffered traumatic injuries. Um, and, you know, this is, you know, as a newborn, he's a, he's a newlywed, and the driver that hit him had no insurance, and they had no uninsured motorist coverage, and the hospital bills were horrific, and his injuries were permanent. And it, it's a sad to see those type of situations because I see them in my 25-year career way too often. Got it. Yeah. Well, Leon, I really appreciate you kind of explaining everything in general. I think what, as the problem solver, every single week that we, we have the show, we're listening to experts, and we're going to come up with some things. I think the biggest thing is that we need to, as the problem solver show, um, educate people, maybe do some news releases about what type of insurance people need, um, if people want uh, their insurance um, policies to be reviewed, whether it's an attorney, whether agents, basically to help people in general. Um, I think that's really, really important. I think that somehow we have to get with politicians so that we push for the police and law enforcement to run the license plate and then it, it hooks up you know, to basically show whether there's insurance in general. So I think these are things that we can work on from the Problem Solver Show in general. So I really do appreciate your time and your expertise and I really do help you I, I really do thank you for you helping the, all the people over all these years being an attorney, helping people, whether they've been injured, whether it's work or in a car accident. Mm-hmm. So I really do. I want to thank you for all the people that you've helped. Thank Thanks. you very much for allowing me to be here. Anyway, thanks so much, Danny. Thanks for co-hosting. Beja, you as well. Thanks so much for joining us again. Thanks. I'm David Colmeyer, The Problem Solver, every single Tuesday, 6 p.m. Cox Channel 14. Thanks for joining us. Be safe, and we'll see you next week. I always knew I wanted to be an attorney. I just like helping people. Are you okay? Do you need any help? Thanks, Christopher. I've been in Vegas helping the little guys since I was a little guy. Are we any good at helping you win? No, we're great. Call us now for help with your injury case.